with our intention, we can disconnect cords. And the reason that's important, and I would tell people who are listening, is that you don't want to be carrying around other people's energy, <laughs> you know? Like the, yeah. the lady who was checking you out at the grocery store who was in a really funky mood, you know, you don't need her energy to carry you through the rest of the day. And so uh, it's very easy, it's very quick. It doesn't have to be this huge, long ritual. It's just, it could take 15 seconds. And just say, you know, in your minds, in your in your mind's eye, in your heart, I disconnect any and all cords who have been tied to me today and retroactively, and I send their energy back to themselves with light, love, and compassion. And so it yeah. is. And boom, yeah. now, now I'm clean. Hello, hello, and welcome to all of you beautiful souls. Thank you for tuning in today to the Heart of the Soul podcast. My name is Amana, and I am so happy that you're here. This is a space where we explore what it means to be wild women walking upon this earth, connecting about that which unites us all. Together, we will unearth that which is often unseen and unspoken through the ancient ritual of storytelling. I would love to invite you to sing to the cycles of our moon with me, enjoying new episodes on full and new moons. It is my hope that soaking in these stories will bring you closer to your own innate knowing and center you into a more embodied, alive version of your beautiful, unique self. Today is Monday, November 13th, 2023. The moon is dark today. It's a new moon. I am currently in my little tiny movable home in Mississippi and it's just starting to rain outside so I hope it doesn't get too loud for you folks. I have Mary Beth Thompson here with me today through the cosmos on Zoom. Mary Beth and I found each other through Danielle Serang Spirit School space and I'm excited to speak with her and get to know her a bit more here today with you all and see where the, our dialogue takes us. So Mary Beth, I would love for you to just take a moment and introduce yourself in whatever way feels good to you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our time together today. And like I told you before we started recording, I just love your energy. It feels so um, grounded and just really beautiful. So I appreciate you inviting me here. Um, my name is Mary Beth Thompson. I live in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Although I have spent most of my life in Virginia, um, I'm married and I have two daughters. And I think you and I might have something in common because I have a three, an almost three-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, I believe I heard you say that. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, a six-year-old and then an almost four-year-old. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so I guess that's going to be seven next month. So he's almost okay. seven. Very yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So two, two littles. Um, I spent the last two years in a career in communications, marketing, branding, public relations, and most of my time was spent on the agency side. So my clients would be um, organizations like hospitals, healthcare um, communities, and I would be trying to help them communicate and articulate their message to their community. And all the while, I was a closeted medium. And so um, I learned that I had this ability in my early 20s, and I only shared it with my closest friends and family. Uh, I was raised in the Catholic Church by very strict 
Catholic parents. And so there was a little bit of shame and a little bit of timidness around sharing this ability because of the doctrine and kind of the way that the church um, seems to frown upon (laughs) being a medium. So um, what happened was uh, around the year 2020 during the pandemic, I just had basically a nudge um, that I needed to pursue telling the truth with regards to my abilities. And it was a little bit scary in the beginning, but I kind of, once I I actually posted on my personal Facebook that I was willing or happy to do some kind of pro bono readings for people. And there was just this outpouring of people Mm -hmm. saying, you know, yes, I'd like to put my name in the hat. So I think that kind of took off my, my scared, you know, how are people going to receive this? fears. And I realized, wow, there's a lot of people out there who's, who are really looking for healing and who are looking to, to connect with their loved ones in spirit. And then at the same time, I felt this um, kind of pull energetically to pursue life coaching. And I had been told by many, many people over the years, Hey, Mary Beth, I think you would be a good life coach. And I took it as a compliment. I kind of received that to mean like, you're a good listener. You have good advice. You're grounded. But it didn't feel like I was supposed to go down that path. And then something happens um, in 2020. I think a lot of us relate to that, to having the whole world come to a stop. And it's like, okay, what, what am I doing? You know? So I basically pursued uh, different credentialing and life coaching. And instead of going down more, what I would say, like the Tony Robbins style, I felt like the universe was pulling me towards more of a spiritual, intuitive life coach. So I got a few um, certifications in life coaching, spiritual intuitive. Um, I work primarily with color energy when it comes to my life coaching. And so basically what that means is I focus on kind of, I would say like three tiers in, in our life. So your business prosperity and abundance, your relationship. So the relationship with yourself, your relationship with your peers and your community, and then also your spiritual and soul level relationship. And over the course of those kind of three major areas, I teach people about color energy. So I'll give you an example just to kind of put this into perspective. So purple is the color of um, leadership, destiny, and purpose. So if you were someone who is going to a job interview, I would like, you know, I, I wear purple when I go to job interviews because it kind of evokes this sense of feeling confident, standing, you know, self-assured and in you would see that color around someone like Oprah, for example. Um, and so just to give you a sense. And so, um, so when I'm talking about color energy, I'm, I'm referring to your aura, your aura's color energy. And so over the course of 10 weeks, I work with my clients to teach them about the color energy and, and we kind of uncover the shadow sides too. So if someone suffers from anxiety and they they're living in fear of making decisions, I would teach them what which color they could meditate with and kind of activate in their life to try to balance out any of the shadow sides that they're dealing with in their life. And so we work with a they come up with a goal that they want to um to have for the course of our time together. And because I'm an intuitive, I'll also kind of overlay my intuition when, when they're sharing stories with me and kind of troubles they have. So, so it's like part traditional life coaching, part woo woo, <laughs> like intuition. Yeah. So, so I'm yeah. curious to like, take you back a step to where you yeah. were talking about when in your early twenties, when you sort of had this new awareness that you had mediumship abilities, could mm-hmm. you 
tell us a little bit more about that and what that journey was like for you? Because I know it's so individual and I oh, yeah. like for women to hear stories because it mm-hmm. helps us to like see ourselves or that possibility and know that that's also within each of us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I, I'm very particular with the language I choose. So I don't say gifts. I say abilities because I believe everyone has the ability and I don't ever want to insinuate that a gift is like, oh, well, I have the gift and they, you know, I, I just don't, although I feel like it's a gift. I always say that I feel like it's really just an ability. Um, mm-hmm. So, so in high school and college, in retrospect, I could say that I felt like I was very, psychic in the sense that I would sometimes have a premonition and then something would happen, or I would just know, I would just know something and you, there's no explanation for it. Now, I don't think back then I had the the language for it, the words right. to say that. I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. yeah. But it, but in looking back, I'm like, okay, this was totally being set up, you know? My ability to have, I, I, another, I'm a big metaphor person and I'm also a clairvoyant. So I see images. And so I talk about this like radio antenna that, you know, everyone has an antenna. Some people's are just naturally a little bit higher and mine is just happens to be quite high. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then leading up to my early twenties, um, you know, you've probably, you've probably heard, or you're familiar with that it's easier. It can be easier to hear from spirit or hear from your own higher self. If you're in kind of a meditative like state, like you're walking on the treadmill, which is what happened to me, um, out for a walk in nature, maybe you're doing dishes or folding laundry, you're in the shower, you know, all those kinds of meditative like states. And so that's what happened to me. I was at the gym, believe it or not. And I was reading a magazine and I remember the magazine. Um, I want to say it was the month of October, which I believe is breast cancer awareness month. And I just had this, I guess it would be claircognizance and probably also clairsentience in the sense that I knew my grandfather was, was there. He, his, I didn't, I didn't see him with my mom, with my eyes, but I felt his presence yeah. and then clear audio. I'm also clear audience. I, I, again, I didn't know the language back then, <laughs> but I just, I, be, I, I, I recognized his presence. And I said to him in my, in my mind, hi, grandpa, very awkwardly, like, hi, how can I help you? And, um, and he started to speak to me clairaudiently and his message had to do with my sister and that he, he felt like, um, she needed that she might've been behind on a mammogram and that she needed to go to the doctor and get her mammogram done. And he never gave me this sense of, um, overwhelming fear. It was more just being careful, just like being mindful, get, you got to stay on top of these things. So my sister being very sweet and kind took the message very well. She did not think it was weird, which looking back, I really appreciate the fact that she didn't judge me or she thought this was weird. And she said, as a matter of fact, I am behind on my mammogram and I do need to go. And then fast forward, she went and found out that she did have to have a biopsy done. Um, You know, um, I think a lot of women have what's called dense breast tissue, which makes it harder on the mammogram to read. And so subsequently she's had to get different types of um, testing done because of the type of tissue she has. And um, so it was very, it was relevant information that he had to share and it, and it was all validated. And that, so that was like the very beginning of my mediumship journey was I, I then knew, okay, something, something's happening here where I have this ability to speak to spirits. And from that point forward, I would, I, I would describe it like reactive where they would come to me and then I was the conduit to then pass on the information to a friend, a family member, 
or maybe a friend of a friend. And I, this went on for almost 20 years. And I just, again, I just, I never, I never spoke publicly about it. It just was kind of my little secret (laughs) that I, that I shared. um, And that's how it got started. Wow. And then you went into some like active forms of development and have grown more from there. I actually didn't, um, which, which which is why I feel like I just, I feel like I'm the black sheep or something because as I've, as, as, so you mentioned that we've, that we're in part of the spirit school community with Danielle Serenk. I joined that. I think I found her podcast. I started listening to her and I felt so isolated. I felt so alone. Like I'm on this Island all by myself mm-hmm. and I felt like, wow, what a cool concept to have a community of other light workers that I can, cause I can't, I really don't, can't talk to people about this in my life. Cause I don't have mediums or intuitives in my, in my personal circle. So mm-hmm. I was drawn to that community, if nothing else, just to feel like I'm not alone, you know? Yeah. And then come to find out there's, there's classes. I didn't know, I didn't know that you could learn how to be a medium. Mm -hmm. I thought that you just had this ability and one day you find out, I didn't know that you could literally learn how to do it. (laughs) So that was, that was shocking to me. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. Um, So no, I didn't develop. I really, my, my development was 20 years of doing it on my own with no one teaching me do it. And so I also felt like I'm a little bit rogue (laughs) because, you know, it's like, I never had anyone to tell me the rules or no one to tell me, how do you do it or the process? And I feel like in retrospect served me very well Mm -hmm. so that I wasn't confined to feeling like it has to be this way or it has to be this way. And so I kind of just leaned into what was natural, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that for me, it was like pretty distinct. I had sort of I had whispers of it when I was younger, but it was when I was 26 and a dear loved one died that I like, it really became clear that there was this other mode of communicating Mm -hmm. and that was happening. And I like you, I didn't have the language for it at all. Like I didn't know what it was called or how to describe really what, what was happening. And then I'd only found, yeah, Danielle Serenk a few years ago. And then I like, oh, this is the language she used that I can just. I, my experiences and what I do and uh-huh yeah super helpful yeah yeah so yeah I really enjoyed being meeting people like you I mean honestly just having having the camaraderie to be able to talk to someone who knows what it's like to to live this kind of reality yes. <laughs> and now you offer mediumship paid mediumship readings to the world I do yeah so so another part of my story is after the whole life coaching you know, call from the universe that I felt like I was supposed to pursue. I had gone all the way up into right before I was going to launch my business and it's called soul shines coaching. And literally, I think one week before I was going live to, to let my website go live to, to be, you know, booked as a life coach. I had this, again, it was like another tug from the universe where I felt like I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to do mediumship readings. I'm supposed to do Eventually, it would also do like uh, intuitive guidance readings as well. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, that wasn't part of my plan. I'm supposed to be an intuitive life coach. And I just, you know, when you have that that knowing and that mm-hmm. conviction that you can't even explain or articulate, and I just, I guess I just trust my guides and my angels and my higher self so much that I decided to just lean into that and just go, okay, all right, this is what you want me to do. So, you know, that's when I kind of joked that I came out of the closet as, as a medium truly was, was then. 
And so I you just found, like your life coaching page and then you added mediumship offering. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Awesome. And the and the ironic part about it, although I'm sure this was all divinely orchestrated, it has probably been 75% of my business is the mediumship and the intuitive readings. <laughs> so I was like, well, spirit knows what they're doing. So I, I, I love my intuitive life coaching clients and I work with that. What's cool is I get to work with them over a longer period of time. Whereas right. my readings are typically one time, you yes. know, and then it's like, okay, hopefully, you know, yeah, maybe they can do and yeah, I, or whatever, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I do like this, um, this space for me to, to get more intimate and, and closer to my, to my life coaching clients. And what happens a lot of times is they'll have an intuitive guidance reading mm-hmm. and, and it resonates with them and it, and it, you know, is helpful to them. And then they want to go deeper. So then, so then they end up becoming a coaching client. So, yeah, that's fun. Yeah so interesting how they can go from one lane to another and I have my work as well so yeah yeah exactly so for people who might I mean I've described somewhat of like what a mediumship reading is like with me but I know everyone is a little individual for those listeners that might be curious what is a mediumship reading like with you so it's funny you're asking me this. No one, I, I've done several podcast interviews and I, no one has ever asked me this before. Um, and this is this is when I'll go back and say that I feel like I'm a rogue medium because, because like I said, no one told me how to do X, Y, Z. And so, um, and I feel really good about it. You know, I feel like I, I, I have found what works well for me and I don't do any advertising. Everything is based on um, referrals and testimonies. And so- I just believe that this just works well for me. And so it's like, it is what it is. Um, so, uh, mediumship reading. So, you know, how um, people in our, in our kind of, or, um, in our industry, will call it going direct or they'll call it casting the net. That's a language that's language I've heard before. Mm-hmm. So for people who are listening, who may not know what that means, casting the net would be where the medium kind of goes in blind, so to speak and opens up their energy field to allow whatever loved ones in spirit are meant to come through for the client's best and highest good. Going direct is when you, as the medium, call in the spirit who your client wants to hear from. So I have a disclaimer where I say I can't certainly can't make any uh, promises because it's not up to me. But knock on wood, I've had a really good track record with being able to do it this way. And so I originally went on um, casting the net when I first started my business. Now you mentioned the today's date. So I just had my business's two year anniversary on 11, 11. Um, okay. And so it's interesting to re- reflect back to the beginning because in the beginning I did cast the net and mm-hmm. I had, I had, I guess that you could say I had enough experiences where I felt that it was better for me to go direct. For example, if I'm doing a reading for someone and their uncle comes through and they didn't have a super close relationship with them. So my client couldn't validate a whole lot of things from them. Um, and then secondly, that's not really who they wanted to hear from. So I, I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to go direct because I want my client to feel like they are satisfied, you know, with the experience. Again, another disclaimer, I can't promise, but assuming this all works out, they're happy. I'm happy. The spirit's happy. And, and it's just worked out really, really well. So I go direct. So when someone books an appointment with me on my, on my, um, my website, it'll ask them, 
but who is the relationship with the person you'd like to hear from? So they're not giving me names. They're not getting down to which side of the family. It's just, um, or they, they can, if they want to, but they'll just say like my maternal grandmother or my mother or my best friend. And so I just have the relationship of who they want to connect with. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then we meet for our session and I connect with their loved ones and I record the audio so that they can have that to listen back to if they ever wanted to. Great. And your sessions are how long? So my, so I have a mediumship session, which is 45 minutes long. I have an intuitive guidance guidance session, which is 45 minutes long. That's also more like psychic work. And with those sessions, there's also some personalization to it. So I have them check boxes of which area they want to focus on. So from relationships, children, career, finances, um, spirituality, self-care, off the top of my head, those are some of the ones. So they'll they'll choose like their top three areas that they want me to focus on. And I'll pull an oracle card for them and I'll kind of channel the guidance from their higher self and their their spirit guides. Um, and then the mediumship session, um, I, I mentioned is 45 minutes. Um, I can connect probably maybe two to three people, I would say in a 45 minute window, but some people just, just want to connect with their mom. And so I'll spend all 45 minutes just, you know, giving information from their mom. Um, I, I do have a couple of, I would say, um, signature things that I do in my sessions where I'll always ask my last question to the spirit is what is a, a sign or a symbol that you have for your loved one? Um, and those are always so fun because a lot of times it's very kooky or very specific. And I can give you an example just for the fun of it. Um, one time, actually it wasn't that long ago, someone, the spirit showed me one of those fans that you would have, um, I would say, I don't know if it would be called a Chinese fan or, um, what the actual language is, but it's the, it's the, um, what is that called? I know what you're talking about. It's like floral normally. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it folds out and yes, like goes like this. And then yeah, it's, it's like a half circle. Yes. And um, anyway, you know, sometimes you might get a ladybug, a butterfly, a rainbow. You know, those are very traditional spirits that you might get from signs you might get from spirit. But other times they're so ridiculously specific that I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't even make this up. And mm-hmm. it turns out that, um, that, this, this was this person's mother. And she said, my mother always had one of those in her purse. She literally carried one in her purse every single day. And she always had it there to fan herself. So that was her sign then to show her daughter, when you come across a, an image or a sign or a symbol of those, know that it's me getting your attention. So that's kind of oh. one of my signatures um, when I do my mediumship readings. And then I also ask for, I would say like another quirky piece of information that is just so obscure mm-hmm. that kind of it usually brings a chuckle or makes them be like oh how like how did they know that i'm like well because they're with you (laughs) spirit you know um yeah yeah Yeah, so um some people don't know that like people that us as mediums practicing mediums we also like to get readings with other people yes yeah i wonder if you would mind sharing like why and maybe a, a story about a reading that has been impactful for you Wow. Again, no one's ever asked me this either. So I'm like, I'm getting such a kick out of it. Um, You have really good questions. Um, And I, before I forget, I I forgot to mention, I also have a combination session. So I do one that's intuitive plus the mediumship. That's an hour long. Great. Um, So again, going back to my rogue mediumship story uh, with no like real formal training, 
I had had my business for about a year and I had never had a one-on-one mediumship reading before. And it just occurred to me one day, I should probably know what it's like for my sitters. I want to know what is it like to be vulnerable, to feel, you know, to have the nerves. Um, I just wanted to empathize with them literally by having that experience. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could say I'm probably like a go big or go home kind of person. Like if I'm going to see a bucket list person in concert, And I know it's like once in a lifetime, I'll pay more money to have a really good seat because it's like the walls go bigger, go home. So I kind of did that with my first mediumship reading. (laughs) So um, are you familiar with someone named Medium Fleur? Medium Fleur? No, I'm not. F-L-E-U-R. She is a, um, she has a very strong reputation. Um, and she is pretty, like she'll read celebrities, things like that. So she's, she's very respected, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And um, so I booked a reading with her and she doesn't do readings very often. So it was kind of like a um, serendipitous thing that it even came up and I was like, ah, I'm going for it. So um, I, you know, I invested financially more than I probably would like to do on a, <laughs> a reading, but again, I kind of justified it that I'm like, well, I'm going to go big or go home. And this is my very first reading. So why not? So I spent the reading with her. And um, interestingly, she tuned into me psychically before going to my um, my loved ones in spirit. And she's like, I'm sorry, I just have to say this before we get started. She's like, you're very psychic to me. And and I and I and I just was like smiling. And she's like, you know that, right? I said, yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> And then she went on to say like, oh, I believe in this lifetime, you're here to be like a healer or a counselor or something. So, so that was, that was kind of neat. And then, and then she went into reading and kind of like I said to to you earlier about going direct, she, you know, she cast the net and she brought through a couple of loved ones in spirit who I don't have a close relationship and who I couldn't validate most of what she said. And although it was an enjoyable experience, um, there's other people I would have rather connected with. And so, um, so that almost validated how, why I do what I do, because that just, that just is how, what feels good for me, not to say that it's wrong for anybody else. Um, so, but I did go on to pass on the messages to some of my loved ones who could validate and they validated things that, that were said. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And is that the only one that you've had? Um, No, I actually, um, I just had one a few weeks ago with Danielle uh, Serank. He also doesn't do them very often. So it was, uh, I felt like it was just um, a neat opportunity for me to do a reading with her, given that I've listened to so much of her teachings over the last, whatever, it's a year and a half, maybe since I found her podcast. So I thought, I I really just thought this would just be a a fun experience. And she uh, connected with um, my brother who just passed away like four months ago. Um, and so that was a, such a beautiful experience. And again, got to pass along messages to to my my family, my brother's family. And um, that was really beautiful. So I think I've had those two formal readings. And then in the collective, I think once or twice, um, there was like an opportunity to do a sitting, uh, you know, an exchange um, so I've had a couple of like one off, you know, five yeah. minute, you know, something here or there. So yeah. So the, awesome. yeah. Fun. But yeah, because some people would think if you already like have these skills, then why would you go to someone else? But it's yeah. kind of 
you know, we don't always see ourselves clearest. It can be nice to have the reflection and that other people can access parts that we wouldn't easily ourselves. Yeah, it it that's that's so interesting. Um, I will say that since my brother passed, he has been a phenomenal communicator from spirit. And I feel so blessed and so humbled and so grateful that I have this connection with him. Um, that it's almost like tainted my reality of grief because it's like I have had such a strong connection with him spiritually. Mm-hmm. And again, this just happened like almost four months ago that it just this week, I feel like the human part of me is starting to, it's starting to resonate that he, he's not here anymore physically. Mm -hmm. And as much as the spiritual part is comforting for me. And I feel like, again, so, 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 so grateful that I have that connection with him spiritually. Um, I still, I still lost my brother, you know? And so, so having a reading with him through Danielle, um, was, was very comforting to hear it. There's just something about hearing it through another person. It's just, it's so special. Yes. Yes. I can absolutely agree. Cause yes, my first love that died, you know, I have this connection with him and, Mm -hmm. um, communications and he's there and I know it and I hear him and I feel him and see him. And yet it has also been really impactful to have, you know, a mediumship reading with someone else that is able to, say things and give me messages that I don't always receive. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, my, I would say my very first significant passing of a loved one was my, was one of my best friends. We were 22 years old Mm. and, um, it's actually, we're, we're going to be honoring her 22nd anniversary of her passing this January. And, um, she actually, she came through my meeting with she, she did come through at the very end, my, my mediumship reading with Fleur. And it was only because at the very end, she said, we have a few minutes. Is there anyone you want me to try to bring? I said, yeah, my friend Vivi. And so she had a couple of quick messages and one of them was so funny. I mean, you, you got to remember it was 22 years ago. Um, she was giving me a hard time about my, me not writing my book. And cause I, cause I've been wanting to write a book for like 15 years. And so it was so cool because I don't think that's something that I would have gotten, you know, but she was able to right. get it through Fleur to yes. say like, Mary Beth, girlfriend, like, what are you doing? Just stop dragging your feet, right? You got to write this book. I'm going to help you. And I, and I just like that, that's an example where it's like, oh, I, I love, I love that she brought that through. Oh, exactly. Awesome. And great. Cause you built a segue. Cause that's what I was going to ask you about next is your truth telling book. Is that the book you're speaking of? Or is this another book? Have you no, written- no. Yeah, okay. no, that's the book. That's the book. All right. <laughs> Yes. Tell us more about how the idea of this book came to you. It sounds like it was there with you for a time before you began writing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a writer. I've been writing since I was a child. I've, I've written books. I'm a published author. I write articles for magazines like Mantra Wellness and it's, it's, it's in my blood. I, I write, it's what I do. And so, um, I had wanted to write a book I just didn't know about what. And so over the course of like, again, probably 15 years or so, probably from like my mid twenties on, I I felt like I have a book inside me that needs to be birthed, but I just couldn't figure out what it would be. I would think of an idea and then time would pass. And then I would outgrow the idea is the best way I can explain it. Mm -hmm. So a couple years ago, maybe like a year and a half or two years ago, I had had it on my heart that I, you know, wanted to really call in you know, almost like tap into my intuition, like for the love of God, like you guys spiritually, like, can you guys help me out and just tell me what book I'm supposed to write? 
And one day I was listening to a podcast by Oprah and I, I wish I could remember his name, but he was a gentleman who was in prison for committing a crime. I want to say that he denied that he even, he even did the crime, but he wrote a book from jail. And so Oprah Winfrey's, you know, email or uh, um, interviewing him over the phone. And so wow. obviously you would think what a, this has to be a profound book, right? And so, so I'm listening to the podcast and I hear her say to him, what was the hardest part of writing the book? And he says to tell the truth. And it was like, it was like bricks, you know, came falling from the sky and hit me over the head. And I was like, holy crap, that's, that's my book. The book is about the power of telling the truth. And so as a life coach, as someone who, um, my, I would say my, my greatest values have always been integrity and authenticity. So I, my, my favorite color is blue and blue is the color of truth and wisdom. I mean, it was like, everything just made sense in the blink of an eye, just from that one answer. He said, Love that. so then I went on a walk with my, my baby at the time. And, um, and I feel like I just started to hear clear audiently from my spirit guides, kind of just painting the picture of what this book was going to be. And so the book is about the power of telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And through my own self-deprecating stories where I'm kind of laying it all out there, whether they're embarrassing or not, you know, I feel like I've, I've also been someone who for better or worse, always tells the truth, even at my own expense, but it's because I want people to feel like they're not alone and to feel like, you know, they can relate to, um, to what I'm sharing. And I feel like, especially in this day and age with social media and there's in the filters and the Photoshopping and keeping up with the Joneses, it makes my skin crawl. I really, it, it's so frustrating, frustrating for me. And so I want this to kind of be a permission slip, especially for women to be like, okay, enough is enough, you know, and kind of chapter by chapter, I'm going through relationship with, um, your, friends, your family, relationship with your finances, relationship with your health, um, your relationship with social media. And, and so, so I have about 10 or 11 chapters where every chapter I'm going through a different facet of our life and talking about my experiences with how not telling the truth got me into trouble and how I was able to begin to be honest with myself in that particular area of my life. And then there's some journal prompts at the end of every chapter where people are going to be asked to kind of reflect on where maybe they're not telling the truth in their life and, and how they can kind of overcome that. Mm, so. so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like are there like tools of how to tell the practice telling the truth or yeah. yeah, 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 there are. And those are the kind of the things that I'm going to, that I'm going to talk about in the book. So there's, there are different prompts. Um, so for example, first of all, with the color blue, like I mentioned, I was a color energy coach, blue is the color of truth and wisdom. And I don't know, I'm sure you're familiar with the chakras, but um, the, the colors of our aura and the colors of our chakras don't necessarily overlap. Sometimes they do, but in this case, it, but in this case it does because blue, the um, throat chakra is a blue uh, kind of hue and um, in the aura, it's also blue for truth and wisdom. And so um, one tip you could do is activate the color blue in your life more often. So basically if you were to like close your eyes and imagine a blue, uh, beautiful blue orb um, above your crown and mm-hmm. um, and then kind of imagine it bursting above your head like a sparkler. So your whole body is kind of showered in this radiant blue light. And then I kind of, in my mind's eye, take the blue all the way down my entire body, like every inch of my body, like I'm almost being showered 
you know, in blue energy from, from the top of my head all the way down to my, my toes. And you can work with blue by wearing blue color, um, jewelry or clothes or working with blue crystals. Um, you can eat blueberries. I mean, literally there's no, there's no end in sight for how you can work with the color blue. So that alone, if you were to do that on a regular basis, if, if truth telling is something you're working on, that mm-hmm. is something, um, you could do to activate the color blue. Um, like let's say you need to have a hard conversation with your spouse or your, your boss or one of your best friends, whatever that's making you feel uncomfortable. You can invoke the truth telling by working with the color blue. So like that, that's one example. Yeah. I love that. It just, it's so interesting. Yeah. So I was in preparation. I interviewed a woman named Zenith Virago yesterday. She's a death walker. And, um, she, there's a film that she's in called Zen and the Art of Dying. And in that film, she talks about like communicating with her son and her son was at this age and she was, you know, saying, let's have this, I don't know if she called it a pact or something, but like, you know, you could practice lying to me and and continue to lie to me and you'd get good at it. But like, but that's not a good thing. So let's always like practice telling the truth to one another, even when it's hard. And that, that really is impactful in all areas of our life and is beneficial in the grand scheme of things. And so it's so interesting that then you are here today and we're talking about this truth telling book. And I do find that, yes, it is such an important thing. And like you said, right now in this day and age, so much of what we're consuming scene is altered in some way with like the filter or, you know, there we're sharing things. The highlight highlight reels. Yeah. 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 yeah, I absolutely feel like this is a much needed book, especially for this time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not referring to like white lies because people tell white lies all the time and they're harmless and it's just the way it is. Um, I'm talking more about like real deeper, denser, tangible truth telling, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, I had a client I was working with and one of her best friends was really hurting her feelings the best way I could explain it. And mm-hmm. she felt like she always gives and gives and gives to her with, with a genuine heart. She wants to help her, but her friend never, I guess, reciprocates. And so I was telling her, you know, could you tell me what you're afraid of, of just telling her the truth of how you feel? And she got emotional and she said, um, I'm just... I'm just afraid that she might be upset. And I said, would you be upset if the roles were reversed? And you were the one that was, you know, unintentionally, genuinely, unintentionally, not maliciously kind of taking and taking and taking. And she felt like it was not a balanced relationship. She goes, oh my God, I absolutely had wanted her to tell me. And this is her best friend. I'm like, so can you give her the benefit of the doubt and give her some grace that she just doesn't, she's just unaware of it. And I said, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, and I, I think about that a lot. It's like, yes. I think we often, a lot of times I find that people assume the worst and it's like, well, what if, but what if it all works out? What if it's right going to bring you closer together or, you know, whatever. And so there was, so that's like a, just one example of a, a core truth telling mm-hmm. where someone you really, really care about, but you're afraid um, you're afraid of, you know, fill in the blank. And it's like conflict. We can be so afraid of, yeah. Conflict and just bringing things to the surface in that way. Um, it can be easy to just pretend sometimes and put on a face, but I think it's really important to have those 
real interactions with one another, especially, yeah, best friend that's yeah. probably, probably not trying to hurt your feelings or be unresponsive. So yeah, yeah. Um, so people who might be listening, like, who is this book for? Who's your, like, my, my, my target audience, um, book for? my book is for honestly, primarily women. And it's probably going to be for women between the ages of like 30 and 60. And it's for the woman who is just tired, is tired of putting on a facade of putting on um, their their face to to meet a certain criteria or certain image in the society. And again, my I feel like my my tone of writing is very irreverent and humorous and like like you're talking to your best friend. Like that's what I want. I want people who read the book to feel like it's their best friend having a heart to heart with them and a very you loving open, like personal stories too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Trust me. I, I, I get that. Yeah, no, I get I get real um honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, nope, it's a book about telling the truth, but I'm like brutally honest to my you know, embarrassment to be, to be totally honest with you. But again, I feel like it's so cathartic and freeing to get your skeletons, skeletons out of the closet Yeah, and, and people going, Oh my God, me too. Me too. Absolutely. I felt that way too. So, yeah. well, and I'm amazed that, so I feel like I have some books in me that will come out later, but yeah. I have not felt like I had the space and time to dedicate at this time with my two littles so I'm just really impressed and think it's amazing that you have written this book and when you have two little people similar in age to mine yeah how how did you do it what did you what was your um okay so back to synchronicities and serendipity and the universe kind of conspiring to kind of kick your ass and try and, you know, get you to, to get out of your own way. Basically how this has happened was in, and I don't know how much you know about manuscript writing for fiction versus nonfiction, but with fiction, so with fiction, you write the whole book from start to finish. And then you try and either, if you want to get it published by um, a publisher, you basically have to try and get an agent. And then okay. the agent, I know about like book proposals. Does that fit in there somewhere? Yeah. 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 So, so, so with nonfiction, so the kind of book that I'm writing, you write a book proposal, which is a massive, massive undertaking. It could be like 50 pages long and think about, think about like the hardest book report you wrote in school and then, and then times it by 10. So it's very detailed. It's very specific. You have to go into like market research and competitive analysis, and you have to write a synopsis of every single chapter. You have to submit two sample chapters and you have to write a query letter. And so it's very, very involved. And so um, to your point, you know, I have two young kids. I have this business. How did I get the time to do this? There was a, um, one of the top publishing companies that exists was doing a call to submissions for query letters. And you couldn't submit the query letter if your book proposal wasn't done. And so I'm someone who says, I work well under pressure. <laughs> so I, yeah. feel, I feel like it was the universe's way of just putting putting some gasoline underneath me and going, go, but you know, like enough is enough, Mary Beth. And yeah. so, so I literally had 
a deadline that if I wanted to take advantage of it. So that's what kind of got the ball rolling. So, so I'm, I'm under, so I've finished my book proposal mm-hmm. and now, now I'm kind of in that next stage where I begin to, to look for an agent. Awesome. Way to yeah. go. Yeah. 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 And do you mentor women at all with writing? Like, I mean, you say you're a writer, you do these things. Is that, do you have any offerings surrounding writing? I don't have offerings for writing. I'm not a mentor for writing, writing, but it's so fun. Again, it's just, you're, you're, you're killing me with these questions because they're so, they're so relevant uh, to me. Um, I just, I just launched a mentoring program about two weeks ago from the time that we're recording this interview um, for mentoring intuitives. So, so someone who feels, cause what, what happened was I was getting life coaching clients who time and time again, felt like they had these abilities but it's like, if you think about to back when you didn't have the language and you haven't read any books about it yet, and you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And so it's kind of like, they're craving some direction. They're craving some, someone to take them by the hand and help them understand what their abilities are, how, how to practice using them, how to protect your energy, how to ground your energy, how to cut cords, you know, all of the kind of that, the spiritual hygiene. So, mm-hmm. so I launched um, just a few weeks ago, an intuitive mentoring package, which includes four one-hour sessions for someone just like that, who just wants someone to kind of take them by the hand and personalize it. So for me, it's really um, personalized for each individual person. I don't, I don't necessarily want to do a blanket generic mentoring. Um, At this point, it's just a custom one-on-one four package session. And it could include some writing stuff in there. Oh, sure. I mean, because, because I'm a writer, if someone, if that, if that, if that was something that was important to some, to someone, absolutely. I mean, it's funny, you know how like you attract people who you have similarities with. I don't know if that happens to you, but, um, oftentimes like I'll get, I'll get a coaching client who's, who works in marketing and I'm like, how about that? Or someone, you know, I've done, I've done network marketing. It's like, then I had an intuitive client the other day. Who's in direct marketing and she, and I was able to give her coaching advice. So I just, it just, I, fi- I find that a lot of times the universe will send me people who I can help on a very, very personal level outside of just giving them a reading, you know? Yes, absolutely. Well, as we come to a close, I would love for you to share with everyone where they can find you and what other, I mean, we've kind of talked about your offerings, but if there's anything yeah. else you uh, um, speak into this space. Um, so my website is soul shines with a, with an S S H I N E S, um, signs coaching.com. My handle all over social media is also at soul shines coaching on Instagram and Facebook. Um, on my website, on the homepage, there's a newsletter subscription that you can sign up for my newsletter. That's where I try and give my subscribers, you know, the newest information, the newest offerings. I also have a 15% discount code for all new first-time clients for, for reading. So um, if you do go to my website and subscribe to the newsletter, I'll shoot you the newsletter um, discount code for your first session. Um, what else? Um, I do have a new program coming that's going to be a group like class, like a six week class, but I'm, I haven't launched it yet. So I'll just tell people if you want to learn more about that, that it'll, it'll be in my newsletter. Um, and every day, practically I do content on Instagram. So that would probably be my biggest suggestion too, is if you are looking for kind of free coaching, 
I give these kind of tangible, digestible pieces of um, content on my Instagram to help empower people, not only from life coaching, but also intuitive guidance and things like that. I also do Oracle card readings every single day, Monday through Friday on my Instagram stories. So you can check that out as well. I, uh, I just try and I just try and provide as much, you know, helpful content as I can. Awesome. Well, I'll include all those links below in the show notes. And um, is there any like one last thing you'd like to share that's maybe stirring your soul or captivating you right now? Um, I guess the one thing I would say that seems to it keeps coming up over and over again, which makes me believe that more people don't know about this than I would have thought, perhaps who who at least are interested in this kind of topic is how to cut cords. Um, we all have energetic cords, like you and I will be corded to each other through this exchange. And ideally, when we wrap up this um, conversation, the cord will naturally dissolve and kind of come back, our power and our energy will come back to ourselves and we'll go on our day. But there are times where those cords can be so strong that they don't they don't disconnect. And so with our intention, we can disconnect cords. And the reason that's important, and I would tell people who are listening is that you don't want to be carrying around other people's energy, <laughs> you know? Like the, yeah. the lady who was checking you out at the grocery store who was in a really funky mood, you know, you don't need her energy to carry you through the rest of the day. And so uh, it's very easy, it's very quick. It doesn't have to be this huge, long ritual. It's just, it could take 15 seconds. And just say, you know, in your minds, in your in your mind's eye, in your heart, I disconnect any and all cords who have been tied to me today and retroactively, and I send their energy back to themselves with light, love, and compassion. And so it yeah. is. And boom, yeah. now, now I'm clean. So that that just came to me as you asked me that question. I feel like more people would benefit from knowing that very simple, easy, practical, like spiritual hygiene step. It, it's It's a game changer. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me and our listeners. And thank you so much for sharing this space today with me. And yeah, I'm just, it was so fun to get to know you and hear more about your life and the way mediumship has changed and your writing. And yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It was nice to, to share this space with you. And I, again, I just adore, I adore your energy. And, um, and I hope that we will stay in touch. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today to the heart of the soul. If you love the podcast, I would be so grateful if you would choose to subscribe, rate, review, or share the show. If you feel aligned with me and my energy and are feeling drawn to unearth your wild inner knowing, birth your baby wild and free, need support navigating the medical system, are feeling stuck in your grief, are curious about receiving an intuitive mediumship reading or need a safe person to debrief and integrate a traumatic birth experience with, I am here for you. I have walked alongside women and mothers for over a decade, witnessing real healing, change, confidence, and stability be unearthed in them. I believe that women claiming their sovereignty Returning to their own inner knowing and embodying their wild will truly transform the world. To learn more, book your free clarity call at www.birthingnova.love. 
Until next time, remember to be brave, be loved, be wild, be you, and be the change that you seek for yourself and also for the generations to come. Mwah.